0: Welcome to the We Rock DM podcast, your source for all things digital marketing. Join hosts Daniel Bissett and Tricia Olberg as they explore the latest trends and share their expertise on how to succeed in the digital age. Tune in for expert advice on search engine optimization, social media marketing, and content strategy. We make kick-ass stuff kick-ass. So join us and learn how to rock your digital marketing. Welcome back to We Rock DM Amplify, the podcast that amplifies your understanding of the digital and web universe. We, your hosts, Daniel Bissett and Tricia Olberg, are thrilled to introduce our special guest today, Pam Holtz. As an account manager with WSI Digital Marketing Services, Pam brings a wealth of knowledge and hands-on experience from the front lines of digital marketing. Stay tuned for an enlightening conversation that promises to elevate your marketing game. Pam, welcome to the show. So thankful. That you chose to join us today
1: thank you thank you i'm excited to be here
2: pam i'm so excited so i have to do my little intro now um pam we actually met daniel and i both met pam for the first time in our uh digital marketing boot camp uh at the university of texas where we both teach and pam was always a standout student to us right from the very beginning. And the other thing that I really loved about Pam is um, she has, well, you have, you have a a background, a creative background um, in photography. And so we've always had a lot to talk about as far as digital marketing and how the creativity aspect plays into that. And that is one of the things that I would love to start talking to you about first, because I know that there's a lot of um, creatives out there who are wondering how they can pivot their career into a digital marketing, um, you know, the digital marketing realm. So Pam, why don't you go ahead and talk about your background and just that transition, how you, the, the camp and everything. Let's, let's talk. Well, so I
1: graduated from UT as a photojournalist and I worked as a photographer. I've worked as a photographer for most of my career and then pandemic hit. And being shut down quite casually as an industry was kind of a kind of an eye-opening thing about what am I doing and how am I going to live the last basically third of my life because I'm 61. Right? And at the time I was 58, and I just, I it's almost the equivalent of having uh, kind of like a Katrina hurricane, Katrina per se kind of thing go. My life has been shaken just like everybody else right? Like it wasn't, but it's like, how did we deal with that? And so I thought, well, I can't, you know, just spend my time on the couch trying to figure out what bottle of wine I'm going to open. So <laughs> let me figure out what plan B is, right? And uh, the digital marketing uh, camp came up, you know, somehow, some way, you know, miraculously, you know, marketing found me. And I reached out to a friend of mine and I said, what do you think? Because it, 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 you know, the tuition is significant, especially when you're shut down. And she had gotten her master's at UC and she said, you know what, let me reach out to some of my friends and see if they've heard anything about this, you know, boot camp. And she came back maybe 30 minutes later and she said, you know what, I think I'll sign up. You know, like just great, you know, feedback on it. And it was the thing that I needed to hear at the right place at the right time because I genuinely was lost because I knew so in. Into- Especially, um, event photography, you're booked out months in advance. So it's kind of almost like the food chain, right? Like when you're growing grapes for wine or when you're, you know, growing flowers for decay, you're not doing it that week of that month of, you're doing it six to nine months ahead of, right? So to be shut down, even if they open this back up again, I still would have this lag time, you know, of getting back to any kind of rhythm that I had. So, um, I was all right. I'm going to take this class, and I'm going to approach it like work. I'm not doing anything else. And uh, the first night of boot camp, and there's, what, 60 of us? You know, oh, it was wow. a huge group of us. And I just thought, it felt so right. I love Daniel's teaching style. I love how easy it was to understand and relate to Because You know, I haven't been in, in a class basically since college, and I graduated in 86, right? And I wasn't even sure I could do it. I literally came in just going, just help me, help me, you know, kind of thing. So after the first night, I was just jazzed and I thought, I have found what I'm supposed to do during this downtime and um, literally approached it, like I said, like a job. I attended all the classes. I I missed maybe half of one because I wasn't feeling well. Um, but homework was easily 20 hours a week for me. It wasn't something I I wanted to actually know it and learn it, you know? Um, And then the fact that I ended the class with a job that I loved two years later, I still love it. It's the same class. Um, I work with Jen who was a student with you guys and she and I work closely together to this day. Um, We've seen each other in person a couple of times. We've traveled together when we, went to convention. And, you know, it was just one of those things where if you listen to your gut, if I've learned anything and it feels right, it's like, it kind of takes the fear away. It takes that ability to go, you know what, this is what I should be doing. And I'm going to just embrace it. Yeah. So, that is,
2: that's so <laughs> true, Pam. And
1: probably the longest answer on the planet, but
2: that's exactly what my life
1: was with you guys.
2: No and the thing is this this is what one of the, one of the many things I love about you is that um I feel we've had similar journeys when it comes to that. I also mm-hmm. I completely know what you mean by that gut feeling. I had this that same gut feeling um that I should be looking into digital marketing as a graphic designer and um it was during the pandemic that I finally made that mm-hmm. leap. Leap I applied to be a TA at the at the boot camp, right? And um, yeah. I think the pandemic did that a lot for a lot of us. It made it, it kind of made everybody really right. look at, look at your life and your careers and whatever it is you have going on and kind of ask yourself, is this what I'm supposed to be doing or should I be pivoting or should I be trying something else? Um right. if there was any, yeah, I think that that happened to a lot of people. Um, Pam and I, we always knew that you were, you were for, for, we knew that you were going to succeed. I remember you doubting yourself a little bit there once in a while. And Completely. we kept saying, Pam, you're awesome. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Well, thank you. Thank you.
1: No, it's yeah. really, it was one of those things where I went from going, I don't know my name, to I think I have an idea and a plan. Right. But yeah. I, I started from the ground. I was not yeah. coming in going, all right, I know what I'm doing. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, it, I think I've told you this, the things you tell yourself, you know, like, well, I can't do this, or I'm too old, or, you know what, it's just, you know, hard. I, the boot camp busted all of those um, beliefs I had told myself. And it's almost like a life lesson for me. It's like, if I start to hear things in my head that, you know, there's no foundation other than it's coming from my head. I truly reach out to others in my, in my circle and I'll go, what do you think of this? And they will go, Pam, you're in your head, you know, kind of thing. Like whereas before I would have never done that. I would have thought, you know, especially running my own business. I thought I knew everything. I knew how to do everything. I, you know, I had the right answers, so I made a few mistakes, but I, you know, this was like, not just a new career for me. It's a new approach to life. You know? Yeah. So, well, crazy. and Pam,
2: one of the things that I, you have talked to me quite a bit about is that fear you you had that you were um you were I don't like using the word too old I don't like that phrase what is it that you were um you were not as young as some of the other people in the class right and that yeah. was you said that that was a negative thought in your head that you you completely changed and why why is that like what was well I, I'm gonna try not to cry
1: when I say this but Aww. when WSI reached out and said, hey, we have an opening. Who would you recommend, you know, that we talk to? And you, you know, like I'm looking at the TAs who are in their 20s, and, you know, you guys are, you know, younger and stuff. I would have easily, easily thought you would have picked somebody. You know, like, so I can name a few uh, of our students who are, you know, just younger and hipper, more on top of things, you know, kind of thing. And the fact that you picked me, right, like that, is one of those things where I was just like, oh, I can't, um, I mean, I'll always be, be a person that works, right? And I think up until then, I always thought I would have to work for myself. The fact that I got picked and then I'm, you know, an employee and you and i talked about that. I didn't even know if I could be an employee, right? And I have found the perfect group that worked with me. They know, they know me, <laughs> um, I on some level, um, Jeremy, who is our who is our agency owner that I work for, celebrates me um, yeah. because he's like, I love your entrepreneurial approach to how you work because I don't know how to be an employee, honestly. I don't know how to just shut it down at five o'clock. I'm always thinking about our clients. I'm always thinking about how we can do better. If something's off, I can, I lose sleep, you know, mm-hmm. and I genuinely, that's how I approach my other, you know, business. So it's great that I'm with with a group of people that aren't you know, just doing bare necessities and getting out, you know, yeah. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. yeah
2: I, and I do think that this is a common um, fear that the digital marketing um, industry is geared towards young people. And, um, and I, I, and you're, I think you would agree with me. That's not true. There's there's so many different aspects of digital marketing. Digital marketing touches every business, it touches every industry. And um sometimes it does make sense to have a younger person. And sometimes you need experience. And we all have something right. that we can bring to the table, right? And I'm like you, Pam. I'm not gonna ever stop working. Never. Yeah. <laughs> no? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I know my goal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really cook. I don't knit, for
1: sure. You know, like yeah, I would. I'd rather work. And I do and do yeah. you that I'm interested in right? Like, and mm-hmm. there's so much out there. Um, yeah. And to your point about to your point about bringing uh, experience to the table, especially during this time with AI, where there's so much changing. Right. Mm-hmm. I was there during a time when I was a film photographer, and then when digital started to hit the scene. Uh, I was actually an early adopter because I worked with a team of photographers who were like, we have to move to digital because it's way quick. Um, and so I bought my first camera. I spent $5,000 on a four meg camera. And after spending that, I could only afford uh, two 256 cards, flash cards that used to shoot. Those were $400 each. Didn't even have a website, didn't even know what email was. <laughs> but just going in and going, I know this future and i need to embrace it uh it launched my my career as a photographer from being you know like casually hired to being one of the top photographers to winning best of awards to uh turning down business being a top refer because one with digital uh, the learning curve sort and like so if i'm shooting something i could tell if the light was working or if it wasn't working i could you know if it was working it was and a lot of times it was something i wouldn't have done with film Needed the film to come out, right? I couldn't go, I'm sorry, we didn't get it playing or experimenting, experiment, being able to experiment exploded my creativity, right, and so the people that were hesitant that were like, you know, I don't know if digital will last, what about archiving, what about being able to blow up prints, What you know, like albums will they just, you know, pretty much disappear in 10 years, and I was like I don't think so I think this is the wave of the future, and it is the thing like when AI—it feels like a second revolution to me of change. It will change us all. Right? Mm-hmm. So I am an early adopter, um, and more than anything, it's interesting because you learn how people are com- who's comfortable with change and who's not, right? And so I'm not generally a patient person, and I am learning patience—not just with my agency, but just with people in my life where i go you know what have you looked into you know doing that better or just even ask chat how do i get a faster open rate or a better open rate with you? just chat you know it may be a great answer it may be terrible but if you're not playing um you'll be left behind and and i learned that with the photographers that not only embraced digital early they turned it into businesses by writing like um you know photoshop tutorials or writing, you know, action sets and selling them teaching digital. Right. Uh, at the time, I had a young son he was four years old at the time. So I was just grateful to, you know, learn how to, uh, you know, process with Photoshop at the time um, and, you know, just kind of get through my business. But if I could do it again, I would have definitely been an early adopter who would have looked for opportunities to build businesses to sell or build things to sell. Because most of those photographers that jumped on that are not photographers anymore. They're pretty much retired or doing whatever they want to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And this has been a hot topic, um, AI and how we're going to have to adjust to this and the fear surrounding that. And um, I think it's, and especially in the creative realm, what that means. (laughs) And yeah. And so Pam, i I'm wondering then, I know you're, you've are you been an, an early adopter of AI and you're already in there playing with it. How are you using that? Are you using that in your current position? Have you started to use it? Well, so in the photography world, mid-journey
1: is what is pretty much rocking that world, especially in commercial um, landscape photography, you know, uh, or uh, architectural, not landscape, but architectural photography. Um and it used to be like I was thinking, well, maybe photographers need to become input artists, you know, like input experts kind of thing. But then I saw uh, somebody go, "Hey, AI, uh, give me ten prompts for da 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 da." Right. So um, it really is just kind of kind of just rethinking who are you and how are you going to use this tool. Um, it doesn't. I, I choose to, you know, like that whole abundance train of thought is where I had, you know, I know. Like I heard somebody say that models are being put out of business because, you know, AI, especially in print or video, not necessarily runaway, but you can, you know, go in and spec- specify what kind of model you want, what you want, you know, how tall, what she want, what she weighs, he weighs, whatever. And never would I have thought that would happen that quickly. So, um, there are definitely industries that are being, um, uh, disrupted. So in our world with, um, at, at the agency, it's, Pretty much a we we have a meeting once a week and we have to talk about how we at least try to AI or you know, opened up the program to, you know, examine it. And um, so we're we're moving into it for sure. But it is, you know, uh, baby stuff because what we're doing works right now, you know, so it's for example, you can't use content from AI, you know, from Chat GCC because um Google doesn't like it and it recognizes it in our tools. You know, that we can use to detect well, And if we can detect now, Google, sure as heck can.
0: Now, there's there's Go controversy ahead. there. There's controversy there. You know, okay. a lot of people, that's the story that a lot of people are spinning. But the evidence um, is contrary to that. A lot of uh, SEO specialists that are moving into AI-created content um, <clears throat> are they're blowing it out of the water right now because because whether that is a, whether Google can recognize it as AI and then decides to penalize it or not is still a question mark. Um, Google needs content. and uh, if content, however it's spun up, is actually being consumed well, then people's answers or questions are being answered. They're not going back to Google to ask the same question, to find another source uh, to provide a a deeper, better understanding of whatever it is. Um, Then that signal alone tells Google, hey, this content is good. And Google doesn't actually have an agenda. They don't give a damn who wrote it, human or otherwise. What they want to be able to do is provide a resource to their end user, who is the, the question asker, right? Um, so, uh, this this story that oh yeah, AI we've got zero GPT that can identify yeah yes we do. And from a, a academic perspective, perhaps that's that's problematic is is AI created content, but from from the current case studies that are out there, the metrics are incredible. So who's spinning who's so an, an agenda? I know there? what
1: you're saying, Daniel. I know what you're saying. But so the, there is an initial bump with Google when you, you know, anytime you add content to your website, right? But then there is a fallout. And I, I will do the test that I saw. Um, it's, it's Sterling. Um, that runs tests constantly and it was part of a, a, a conference that i attended at the end of the day the problem is with chat gpt is you know my understanding is it's as of was it september 21 you know and it, and on the google and on there's good content there's great content but there's also bad content right and at the end of the day google wants the user to have the best content and the most updated content. So once it yeah, realizes but, that you're regurgitating but, content that's already been out there, you do get Bing.
0: Yeah. But you're, Go ahead. you're, if you're not using the pro version of chat GPT, then you're restricted to 2021, but that restriction was lifted about six weeks ago when they integrated plugins and okay. about three weeks ago when it integrated directly with Bing. Um, so like I just this morning said, go crawl this transcript from an earlier podcast. Well, the first thing I said was you're a professional digital marketer, um, and you are, have a knack for creating viral content. Uh, I, you know, so that, that was, it. I set it's, it's a uh, base stage. And then I said, go crawl this transcript and give me, um, you know, topic clusters, give me keywords, give me SEO uh, strategies, give me social breakdown for uh, organic posts that have a proclivity to go viral. Um, and so it went and crawled our transcript from last week's podcast and it's it's spit out uh, a, a ton of ideas that I will then dive into and, and break mm-hmm. apart. But I mean, as long as it's out there, Chat GPT, and they that's not the only AI LLM AI model that's that's available, but that's the, the big player. There's Claude, there's Bard. Um they're connected and they're powerful. Um and I I mean I feel like the limitations that we but let me,
1: can I ask you
0: presuppose. Uh huh.
1: Right. Uh, well, so what you gave uh, GPC though, was new content, right? Am I understanding that right?
0: Yeah. They, like, I break it... down
1: and give you an outline?
0: And then I'll ask it to to write. Yeah, absolutely. Based right. on that so content, no, no, no. but That's also based it's on different. all of the other so old you're doing content.
1: Is... Right. Well, so the idea is is if everybody could just regurgitate old content, right? So how to rank is to add new content to your website. Well, we could be doing that all day long, 24 hours a day, right? So then how is Google going to start to rank if everybody's just dumping out old content? And that's what not—that's not what Google wants. Google wants new, fresh content that is updated. And uh, so how do you use. Um, AI with downloading your transcript is perfect, right? You're giving it new content for it to break down and tell you, okay, here are more topics that you can explore. Right. That's the that's the perfect way to use AI right now. But to just go, hey, but, AI, write me a blog on or write me a blog on, you know.
0: Accept accept that. Then after it's it's broken it into topic clusters, I'm going to say take a quote from the transcript, and write a blog around this quote for this topic, right? I'm not going to write it. I might go in and tweak it. I might, I might give it a tone. I might give it a, a, a heat index. Um, I might give it some direction on creativity, um, and then I'll, I'll go in and I, I will clean it up as far as like editing goes. But I'm, I'm not going to write it. Right? AI is going to write it. And if I didn't go in and clean it up, I could publish it. It wouldn't be brand new stuff. It would be one brand new quote based on a, a conversation. But the, the theory, the concept is based on all of the large language model material that has come up to date, right? Um, so it's still, in theory, regurgitating concepts. It's just putting it together in a new, in theory, hopefully a little bit fresher way. Um, but it's it's... I mean, it's it's inspired perhaps by new content, but it's not in and of itself new content. And I expect it would rank really, really well based on the case studies that I've seen. Is what you're saying
2: it? So, so I've wondered about this, too. I'm wondering how this is going to work. Because so, Pam, if, if I understand what you're saying, you're saying eventually we're all going to be asking similar questions and it's going to be regurgitating the same answers. So how do you make that look different? And like right now, we're in the early stages. Right now, we're right. still in the early. We're playing around with it, trying to figure out how to make this work. But I, I can see your concern, and I have thought about the same thing, like, well, eventually, is it going to just be same? are we going to be giving the same answers to the same questions? Like, how are we going to make that different or more creative? And also, I have been trying to figure out, I've just, you know, I've been trying to figure out how to use this as a creative person. I've been playing around with it um, myself. And so, I I just gave a, Daniel an example of an article I wrote with with AI about um what what's important um in terms of a website, you know, performance and right. accessibility and all that. And um I had tweaked it a little bit. I thought I had made it look pretty good, and right away he's like, "Did you use AI for this?" I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Yeah, I can tell." <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know. I, this is going to be interesting. I, I feel like we're going to have to figure out exactly how to use this um, in a way that we are getting creative content that it does still feel original. I think that that's the the biggest question right now is how are we going to do that, right? And so, and, that's and I what Google, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, and i was, and i was just going to say I, I it's always it's interesting to me to to talk to you and other people about how um agencies are starting to incorporate that um because mm-hmm. it, it it it's interesting like some some agencies are early adopters and they're trying to figure out how to use that i know somebody who works um at a company who they just shut it down they just told their employees they don't want them using it because they felt like the, the stuff that was coming out of it was not original. Like it, they didn't like how it, it was affecting the business. So it, this we're in the early stages of this and it's going to be interesting to see how we figure out how to use it. <laughs> I, I, I completely agree. I know agencies who use contract writers are no longer
1: using contract writers because they don't want them using AI. They want original content so it will stand. Out. and mm-hmm. that is where Google's heading. If everybody's regurgitating the exact same thing, some form and that doesn't mean you can't use AI for blocks, right? Like right. I mean sometimes when I'm at a loss for a topic, you know, I'll say, hey, hey AI, give me, you know, some topics that are relevant. Of course we I'm not using the pro, I'm using just the one that's available for free or the original one, and uh, it's giving me some great topics, but am I going to use, let it write for those topics? No. I'm going to send it to our writer who will do their own research, and I'm not saying they're not pulling, you know, thing, they're definitely pulling things from the internet, but they, they're taking it and customizing it for our clients so it's applicable to our clients. Right? And like, I even got feedback on a, a topic uh, for one of our clients, and he's like, oh my gosh, this is so relevant to what we're dealing with right now, I got the topic off of AI, right? And then he goes, can you add these three points? And then it is like one of the best blogs that we've posted, right? So it's not that AI is a, you know, a demon or anything when it comes to blogs, but it is very much about using it in almost as an editor way, you know, like going, all right, I'll let you bring up some topics, I'll let you write some stuff, but dang, if I'm not gonna get in there and make it applicable and specific to our clients. Um, And especially, I mean, the thing that makes me excited about AI is getting to know um, our client even better, like going, what are the trends and forecasts in industry? Like now I, I am gonna talk to our boss about you know, maybe having more access to the to the pro uh, version. But I love the idea of being able to go, you know what, we can plan out a quarter ahead for a topic that's very relevant. You know, one of our clients is an RV dealer, right? And if his season is going to be strong through the summer, through the fall, but then die off in, you know, November, which is probably typical, that's where we're going to put our advertising. It's during that time, hammer down, and then just know we may back down in November and be able to like, as a marketer, it's so interesting with business. We have to remind our businesses that we're not an expert in their business. We are their marketers. It's their job to help. So, what do you need from your marketing? Whereas for me, AI will be that thing that helps us understand them better. Without you know having to go, and say, what's next, what's next, what do you need from us? You know, what's important? What do you want to sell? Kind of thing. It'll be that thing that makes them think this is somebody who knows me, knows me better you know, not, maybe not knows well, all, but knows better, knows us better. And, so you're, and
2: that's the thing. You're talking about using it as a research tool. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And
1: as a foundational start, but not as an end all on any level, on any yeah. level. And, yeah. and I, I will send that uh, test that was done with content that was just taken off of AI and, you know, not edited and put, it did rank and then it fell off. You know, and um, and you do have to think about if everybody's doing that exact same thing, nobody's gonna go to, you know, value search. You know that, and it, and that's the thing that's interesting too. Like moving forward, search is, you know, is basically what informational and transactional, right? Like information is what's the spot on my foot. Transactional is where can I buy a cheap laptop. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think informational and, is gonna be and one navigational. of navigational that especially as AI grows. Go ahead. Daniel. I was just
0: gonna say, and there's there's also navigational. So informational transactional navigation. Navigation. Those are the yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. So Pass- but the one that interests me is transactional, right? Like that's for our clients. Well, like how does that change um for, you know, like some point
0: is it all going to be ads for your website shows up um well no because information
1: will be easy to go to chat gpt
0: well so with with and i mean i i hesitate to wrap all of this around chat gpt because there are some major competitors that are pretty fantastic but with chat gpt specifically uh, they've got plugins now for shopping so Mm -hmm. um you go to chat gpt you put in I put in um, uh, something. I can't remember what the exact prompt was, but it was something like um, branded suit for Gala, Um, small, you know, and then I gave it my dimensions Um, and it went shopping for me and it brought back links to you know with images of the types of suits and how the branding could be implemented um and it it brought back i I think it was three samples it might have brought back five um but yeah shopping we don't don't even have to go to google for that we can go to an llm Mm -hmm. like chat gpt using the the plugins that are available to us and right now uh the the market is tiny there are only 500 plugins or is it 200 i mean it's very very small but that's about to explode and if i were if i were a, a back-end developer I, I would be building plugins for chat gpt um uh mm-hmm. you know but those those plugins unleash its power and soon you probably won't need those plugins uh you know trisha has access to Google's new search tool. And um, it will be very similar minus all of the plugins. It will have just those features baked in. So our shopping experiences are going to be, uh, we're going to be a little bit uh, more specific. We're going to learn specificity in our uh, prompting. Um, And with that specificity, then we're going to have highly targeted individualized responses both for informational, which Mm -hmm. won't, they'll have zero click throughs because they'll answer our questions. They'll, they'll resolve our pain points. They'll give us the recipe without having to navigate away. So they're, they're, zero clicks, um, and, and transactional, it will be direct to the, the one brand that, that resonates most. And if these tools improve in their functionality, um, and their ability to deliver then it will be single clicks we won't be going back we won't be going to a second or third our consideration stage of the funnel is going to be restricted down to the one that we liked the best from the look of the initial Mm -hmm. um prompt result right we're just going to be like that's the one because it it knows me Um, so It's going to change the landscape of search dramatically. Um, And then that begs the question, so why do we need to start creating content for search results? Because the search engines are going to be scraping all of our content and delivering zero click-throughs, right? So what's in it for us to continue to create content? So that's where the problem I see it coming down the line is, are we going to need to create content moving forward? And if so, what's our motivator?
2: Okay. Yeah. So here's my thoughts on that. First of all, Pam, have you been uh, playing with Google Labs at all? I did. I have been on the beta. Okay. Yeah. I just got access to it the other day. It's been really interesting so far. And it reminded me of a conversation um, I think you had said that it's going to be important to have um, facts on your websites that it's very easy for mm-hmm. for Google to find answers to for the their, for the AI right and um, something mm-hmm. I noticed right away that I thought was interesting is that titles um, were very closely matching my search so I put my search in and the title of the article that the organic article would be, very similar, very close. Mm -hmm. So, um, I thought that was interesting. Um, but also, and it's something else interesting to point out is I, so I'm working with a a client right now who works for Google and I've been talking to her a little bit and she says that, um, content is going to become even more important. And, um, And SEO is going to become even more important, but done more in a more efficient way. So it's going to change there, and Mm -hmm. there's going to be a need for it. But it's going to change. Um, We're going to have to zero in even even more on on what it is we want Google to find. Right? Right. Um, That's her Mm -hmm. opinion so far. Um, Of course, Google. Again, we were kind of talking about this. I don't know from what I've seen so far and again I've just started playing around with it so we'll, I, it's at the very beginning um but I I definitely see what she's saying that it felt like the results the organic results that were coming up and and I'm talking about there so there's this little there's an AI window that pops up at the, the top of the search right so you do your search and now what happens is this AI window pops up first and in the AI window there's these three, um, well, it's three initial organic articles that pop up inside the AI window. Okay. And you can also scroll through it to a couple more pages. And that's what I am meant by, it felt like those, the articles that were being pulled up were very super specific to my search, like even more so than in the past, like in, in the past, I don't know, like it, it was sometimes it was kind of random what would come up, like sometimes it mm-hmm. was co- closely re- correlated, but sometimes it didn't, you know, and this time it was, wow, almost like word spot to on. word, ru- spot on what what came up. So that's what I think that she was saying is it's going to become even more important to have your keywords planted in your title and the content organized in a way that it's going to be super searchable. Um, and so when the AI is matching, you know, um, content to the, to the search, it's going to be very, very specific. And maybe that's what we have Mm -hmm. to start thinking about even more than before. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, and I mean, and that's the thing. It's
1: like, um, with the GA4 update, and I love the podcast you guys did with me, I learned a lot from that one, because um, I'm not a part of that team. But it's, you know, reporting that is real, as opposed to page clicks, you know, and vanity metrics, I think it's, we have got to just get stronger with making the user experience even, you know, because we're lazy on some level, right, as as users. Um, we want the answer, and we, we don't care how we get the answer, we just want the answer, and we want the right answer. Right. So as marketers, it is about going and looking at going, how can we write content? How can, you know, like ads even uh, we use a platform that is AI driven, you know, kind of thing. And it's like our our platform, like if a user has searched for a service, not necessarily even been to the website, It kind of knows that when that uh, it knows where to show the ads and our conversion rate. especially with several of our clients that are just that have been on the platform a while you know it's amazing because the ads are being shown to people that actually want to see the ads, right um and i have this conversation all the time with my cat you know friends that aren't in marketing i'm like yeah you guys are opting out of you know being followed or being tracked or whatever and you're going to get see lots of ads for baby diapers and things that don't appeal, that, you know, you're interested in. And I don't know anybody in my world that hasn't bought something from an ad that they didn't realize, you know, they needed, or they didn't know that business existed. So on that level, I mean, that's what makes this exciting. It, it takes us as marketers to a place where other businesses can't casually go, you know what, I'm going to hire an intern. You know, I mean, unless this intern is just amazing and, you know, and let them do my marketing. No, it's, it's going to become even more of a science. And I love that value add to our industry more than you know, you know, like, cause I, you know, some, some of our clients are super smart and they have said those things. Why don't I just use, you know, AI to write my blog post? The conversation you and I had previous, we all had previously is my point. Yeah. Everybody's going to be writing that same thing. So how are you going to show? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're putting the exact same stuff out, right? And I you know, it is a it is a frontier, you know, kind of like what Mia was describing as Dubai for GA4 for all of us, you know, it just got better. It to me, you know, I don't think it's gonna do away with our jobs. I think it's just
2: gonna make us need to be better at it. You know, we can't casually do it. Exactly. So. It's gonna make us work harder. I agree. And something that Mia also was saying in that podcast interview, which I agree was amazing. Um, is that when she is looking at the data in ga4, she's not just looking for the science, she's looking for the empathy because what we're doing is we're solving people's problems with digital marketing right right? So right. there's the data, but then you have to look deeper and figure out what is that data really saying about the users? What are they really searching for how they what do they really want? Right. So you you take that aspect and GA4 is going to help us look deeper into that and then then you're going to go and create the content and you're probably going to be using AI. So now how you how can you and you're going to be using Google's new search with AI. And you want it to closely match, but then you want it to closely match what the the, your um, user is actually looking for, not just regurgitating some answer in the hope that this page is going to pop up in a Google search because we have keywords in there. And right, like we're going to have to start doing a deeper dive. And that's what I think. Absolutely. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. So we're going to have to start thinking, really thinking about what it is our content needs to be saying and i do think that it's based on again empathy really thinking about what it is people want right it's not Agreed. just about Agreed. getting it to show up on the in the search results it's right yeah yeah right and Get we're also answer. yeah and we're talking about the creative space too that's what we're talking about here i mean there we can see mm-hmm. lots of you know daniel's example of the plugins that's good daniel has been able to write pl- plugins with ai um is so amazing that's different than the creative space i think the creative mm-hmm. space is where everybody's like okay what are we going to do what are we going to do with this how are we going to make this work um right yeah it's going to be interesting to you see know, how I, that goes
1: it's even it
2: well it's even in photography right like
1: There was a time I was blown away by, you know, pro photographers. And now that everybody's got the tools to at least be technically right, you know, like it's lit, it's in focus, you know, the background's blurred out, all the, you know, stuff has been taken out that's, you know, irrelevant to the image. Now, what do we do that makes it interesting? And I mean, legit, I mean, that is the thing of going, all right, all these new tools, it's not making stuff. It's not making images more interesting. It's just making them more, you know. Uh, they're great in the first pass, but is it something you want to hang on your wall in time? And I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm just saying when I scroll Instagram just casually, there's very little that stops my scroll if it's you know, mm-hmm. anything. And I'm just like, and I I see the same thing. I don't think creativity is going to go away. I think it's going to get going to be more imperative to stand out. And so you're not going to be able to just rely on the tools and create some image that anybody else could create. You know, your job is to go, well, how can I use the tool, but then put my own spin in it, you know? Yeah. And I think it's going to be in that same way for songwriters or Riders. writers, or poets, or, you know, any creative thing, you know, creative uh, industry that's out there. It's just
2: like, you still got to be able to stand out.
1: Or you're just one in the masses, and you're not going to make a living, you know.
2: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of when, you know, like, Photoshop first came out, right? Like, everyone's like, Oh, look what I just did. And I just put this filter on here and look what this did. And then eventually, everybody, you know, everybody's like, Okay, wait a second here. (laughs) This is a tool. This is a tool. And how can I use this tool to help me um, with my creativity, not just like do it for me, right? right? That's what that's what we're looking at. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we could talk about AI all day. It's like the hot topic everywhere. Um Pam, but another topic I just want to go back to is just you and your success and um, you know, pivoting into this new awesome career and job that you have. You were such a success story. That's what I love about your story. Thank you. What would you tell people who are trying to, to pivot like this? especially, let's go back to this, especially people like us who are a little bit, you know, have more experience. I like that. Right. We have more experience. <laughs> it's true. What would your advice be?
1: Well, um, given our just our past conversation, right, uh, with AI, I think everybody's going to have to take a look at what they're doing. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of disruption. And I think it's, the idea is to not just give up, not just sit on the couch and wonder what bottle of wine you're going to open just to go, all right, I have this skill set and what can I do with it? And you know, just I I think about like young youth, you know, they seem fearless. They'll they'll, you know, have a job and then they'll quit it because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't interest them kind of thing. And I think that's another thing that's coming out. It'll be, you'll be able to, like, being able to work remotely. That has been a constant. Like, I love working remotely. I can't even imagine, you know, sitting in traffic and driving to a job that I hate. And then sitting in traffic to go home to a job that I hate. Right? So I think, um, I, ju- I just think that it's one of those things about going listening to your gut, like we started with, and just going, all right how can I make this work for me? And and be as fearless as you can possibly be, you know? And I mean, I know there's always like, you know, extenuating factors, but being fearless for me, which was paying that tuition when I was, didn't have any money coming in and, you know, saying, I'm going to give this amount of time every week to this class. paid off for me and more than just a job. It just paid off in like how I view life. It was life changing for me. And I think anybody can do this if they just, Listen to their gut. I I can't even, you
2: know, say it enough. I totally agree with that, and that's I'm always saying, just do it. I mean, I know know that's cliche. It's what Nike says, but it's so true. So, so many people ask me. You know, they'll ask me, "How did you start your business?" Or, "Oh my gosh, I could, I would, I could never, um, you know, do what you're doing." I'm not. I'm not built that way. That's, that's what they'll say. I'm not built that right. way. And I'm like, nobody's feels like they're built that way. I didn't feel like, you know, I don't feel like I was built that way. I just, you just got to try. And if it doesn't work, then you try something else, but you don't give up. You just keep going. That's yeah. it. That's it. There's no failure yeah. in trying, right? No, no. <laughs> yeah. And also to what you were speaking about is it to try not to dwell on the the negative thoughts in your head about why it is it's not going to work for you. That's another thing I, I right. see. Um, stopping people from fulfilling their potential is these negative voices telling, oh, well, it's just not going to work because of this, or I'm not, or because of that. And you just have to like, not, not let, don't listen to those voices <laughs> don't listen right, to them right no we're we are
1: the ones that are the hardest on ourselves in our heads right yeah. like if people were talking yeah. to the way we talk to ourselves we wouldn't be friends with them right yeah. like and it truly is it's just um and and that's what's so great about like being in contact with you and daniel it's been one of those things like i love when we get together and you know hear what the other person's doing and and the fact that i get to be a
2: part of that conversation.
1: Means more than you know, Trisha, and I'm so grateful to both you and
2: Daniel for that. Ah, uh, well, it, we, it, you are a delight, and again, you're just one of those students that we feel we feel proud. Like we, you know, Pam is a success story, and maybe just maybe we played a little bit of a part in helping her get out there fun. into the world.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was a big one. Thank uh, you, thank you so much.
2: Of course. Okay, so. Um, yeah, I think we're we we're ready to wrap this up. I do want to ask. We have always ask our podcast guests one final question. Um, if Daniel, are you? Do you want to go ahead and ask the question? <laughs>
0: <Huh>. Well, <clears throat> first off, uh, Pam has mm-hmm. been lovely having you, and I really appreciate you coming on and and talking with us. Um, I guess from a, <clears throat> I'm gonna lead you and then you can choose to go rogue uh however you want but for somebody who's um older trying to to get into the digital marketing space uh what piece of advice would you give them
1: um okay. so i think the thing is is not getting comfortable with what you know you know like it's going you know what there's something better out there there's a better way to do things you know I'm willing to learn I'm willing to you know look into things and it's just because when I talk to my friends who have retired and I have a couple of them I mean their world's shut down so much if they're not uh if they don't have a plan and you know like for example AI all they're focusing on is the negative. You know, and then it starts to jade their view of the whole world and this life, and um, you know how what we've been talking about is more from an abundance, you know, of opportunity. And so, it, I think it's the thing um, as an older person to—it's not just getting into marketing, but just keeping your mind open so you can be an interesting person, and so you can live at least, you know, I look at the last third of my life. Um, engaged. I don't want to shut down and just stare at the TV and call it a day. You know, so it really is just being open to going. You know what? I'm going to try something new today, whatever it is. Um, and with marketing, we, with AI, man, we've got a whole huge playing field here coming. So, so well, I, would be I love advice. that. It's just stay open to new ideas yeah. and new things. Wait, Me I too. Love, I love stay that.
0: Open. I, I think. Yep. I think that you know there's a there's a quote that that repeats over and over in my head and that's if you're not uncomfortable you're not growing. And I think it's easy to assume that when we're older it's time to it's time to stop growing. But then you watch the people who have retired. <clears throat> I think back to one of my um coworkers, you know, uh when I was a teacher at a at a high school, she'd been teaching for 40 years. Um, you know, she'd done her time and she was ready to retire and just, you know, enjoy the the remaining years she had left with her husband. And she passed away six months after after quitting. You know, and that's not to say that that wouldn't have yeah. happened. But I yeah. feel like the minute we we stop being uncomfortable and we start sitting and relaxing into this imaginary, beautiful world that we've Cooked up in our head to make it worth all the all the pain and suffering up to that point um, is when life actually stops. So that really resonates with me. Is get uncomfortable mm-hmm. and right. or we and start, we
1: start dying, okay
0: right? We just start yeah, dying. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: yeah, Well, Pam, yeah. Um, yeah. wow, what a what a note to end on. <laughs> uh, sorry, but that was right? that was beautiful, and um, I really appreciate having you on. Uh, on our show today. And I appreciate our, our friendship as well, Pam. Um, You've always been a standout uh, student and uh, friend. And it sounds like your company really, really values you as well, which is important because I believe that they should. Um, And to that end, I I value you greatly and appreciate you. you coming on and speaking with us. Right. Well, thanks, thanks, Pam. I really enjoyed that. Woohoo! Thanks for tuning in to the We Rock DM podcast. We hope you found our discussions on digital marketing and web design and development helpful and informative. Don't forget to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on the latest trends and strategies in the world of online business. We'll see you in the next episode of We Rock DM, where we make kick-ass stuff, kick out.